Hey everyone, it's Michael here with goodyreader.com and there's a lot of excitement in the e-reader world right now. There is a ton of different news happening. Uh, Kobo is now being sold in Walmart stores across the US so in about a thousand stores they actually have Kobo display units and they're selling the e-readers and in 3,500 stores they're selling audiobooks and ebooks in a store basically the equivalent of iTunes and Amazon gift cards uh, you bring them to you just purchase them and then you redeem them online and there is also new e-readers from Amazon from pocketbook Artitech and lots more so this is a really exciting show if you're going to be um, thinking about getting a new e-reader towards the tail end of the year fall and winter so let's talk about the new Kobo because this is a new Kobo e-reader that just hit the wire uh, this week not not a hell of a lot is known about it at this point. We do know from the FCC filing that it is having a 1200 milliamp battery it's going to either have 8 gigs or 32 gigs of internal memory. So it might have uh, a lower end one for cheap and then an expensive version uh, for people who need more memory. This is sort of what Kobo Aura 1 did with the initial launch. Then they had released the limited edition late last year, which actually had 32 gigs of storage geared towards manga reading. It had uh, a new rapid page turn engine uh, on the C-Reader. And with Kobo, with this new device, I've heard a lot of chatter in the upstream supply chain on what this is going to be about. I've been told that this is going to be a second generation Kobo Aura 1. So this will be the 7.8 inch or so uh, screen. It's going to have uh, the IMX7 dual-core processor from Freescale. I also heard that it's going to have Bluetooth uh, capabilities. This way, you'll be able to actually buy audiobooks and listen to audiobooks right on the e-reader. It's going to have an audiobook store built into it. And this is key for Walmart because, as you know, Kobo's now are now being sold in Walmart. And audiobooks are a big part of Kobo's value proposition. And But the only way to really listen to audiobooks is through their Android app. The Android app is the only way that you can actually buy and listen to audiobooks. The iOS app does not have any buying functionality and this includes the new Walmart app for the iPad, iPhone, etc. You can't actually buy digital content in it. It's just a glorified audiobook player and ebook reader. If you want to buy content, uh, you got to buy the cards from the Walmart store. You have to go to uh, the Walmart website, you have to go to the Kobo website and purchase app, um, digital content and then it'll sync to your iPad and iPhone. So I think that having audiobooks in the e-reader is key to the audiobook growth and Kobo sells audiobooks individually at regular price. They also have an audible, you know, an audiobook subscription service it's $9.99 a month. You get one credit a month. This credit could be redeemed for any audiobook that Kobo has in their portfolio. In other Kobo news, uh, they have just introduced overdrive functionality into all the Kobo e-readers. And it, this is the modern Kobo e-readers. So the Aura, uh, the Kobo uh, Aura 2nd Edition, 
the H2O second edition, and um, any of the new ones, uh, including the Clara HD. Uh, they will be receiving a firmware update anytime between now, which is Wednesday. Um, the date is the 23rd of August. So in a few days, they're going to be pushing out a firmware update that will introduce overdrive functionality. So overdrive is the largest company involved in digital uh, ebooks and audiobooks uh, powering public libraries all over the world so a lot of people are asking well hey you know I live in Canada I live in Australia I live in the United Kingdom will I receive the firmware update yes overdrive is like in literally like 60 different countries right now or so don't quote me on that but there they are definitely in like all the all the European countries New Zealand Australia um, they are even in South America, Latin America, like Mexico and everything. So they're, they're in a lot of different markets. So you go to the settings menu. You enter your library card and your four-digit PIN number. And then uh, when you're visiting a Kobo bookstore, you'll notice that you can download a sample. You can buy it. And then you can also actually borrow it. So Kobo has all the ebooks that they sell they have the digital editions from your local overdrive library now titles will vary depending on um, what type of content your library has if you live in a small town they probably don't have a huge digital collection if you live in New York uh, Vancouver BC if you live in like large urban centers where their libraries are loaning out you know close to a million titles a year they probably have a big collection in which case you're gonna get a lot of value out of the Kobo Aura one um, so that's the Kobo news. Um, I probably will find out more about this Kobo e-reader in the coming weeks. I pinged all my contacts um, in the upstream supply chain at Kobo themselves. Uh, they're going to give me some scoops probably in the next week or two. So you'll find out more about the new Kobo e-reader, the you know, the, the Aura 1 Edition 2. Uh, that's sort of the new Kobo naming convention is sort of, uh, instead of calling it 2, they're calling it Edition 2. Uh, so the, probably the Aura 1 will probably um, maintain that. So let's talk about Amazon. Kindle Paperwhite 4. This is the most eagerly anticipated e-reader of the year. Amazon is due for a refresh. They I've heard a number of things uh, about the e-reader. So Amazon wants to keep this as affordable as possible. Uh, Jeff Bezos has stated to me that uh, when I was at a Kindle event probably a, a two or three years ago now, he said that uh, they sell the Kindle Paperweight at cost and when it's on sale, it, you know, usually it's about $119 and then they put it on sale for like $99, sometimes $89 and they lose money on it they consider it a loss leader because it's affordable so more people buy the paperweight than any other kindle e-reader and they make their money through digital content so don't expect a ton of crazy features uh, out of this device it's pretty well an incremental upgrade uh, two features that are key i think that will help drive uh, sales is bluetooth and audible functionality. So um, the Kindle Paperwhite right now, the third generation one, it's been left out. 
the Oasis 1 and 2, the Voyage, uh, the Basic, they all have like Audible functionality, Audible Bookstore, Bluetooth functionality. You can buy and listen to audiobooks with a pair of like wireless headphones or wireless speakers. Paperweight's the odd man out. So obviously Amazon's going to uh, add Bluetooth to it. I've also heard that they have... Um, are doing their version of color temperature lighting. So this is the sort of the same um, type of lighting system that most e-reader companies have done over the course of the last few years. This includes the Barnes & Noble Nook Low Light 3, uh, all of the Tolino e-readers, most of the new Kobo e-readers made in the last year or two. It's sort of that orangey type of color that helps mute the bright white a light. Uh, emitting from the LEDs on the bottom of the bezel and projecting light across the screen. So you'll be able to mute the bright white light with various degrees of orange. Amazon's putting their own spin on it. This is all I've been told. I don't really know the execution of it at this point, but I do know that the C-Reader will have around 17 to 19 LEDs. Uh, the vast majority of them will be white, and then the rest will be like uh, red shades and I heard there's one other color so most uh, e-readers that do the color temperature light they have white and, and red LEDs I think Amazon is doing three different LEDs so the screen will be less orangey and more of a you know a muted color so to speak again um, this is just what I've heard from the upstream supply chain um, it's not guaranteed that Amazon will do it but they do have prototypes with various LEDs lights at lab 126 which is their research and development um, facility in California uh, pocketbook is releasing new e-readers they are doing the Touch Lux 4, and let me just uh, pull this up for you guys so I can tell you a little bit about it. So Pocketbook's a European brand. Uh, they primarily uh, deal with like uh, Eastern Europe, but they're pretty popular even in um, among the hardcore readers uh, because they support a ton of different formats. They, you, they support like 17 different book formats and four graphic formats, including JPEG, BMP, PNG, and TIFF. So the flagship one is the Pocketbook Touch Lux 4. Uh, this is a six inch e encarted display. Resolution's pretty paltry, 1024 by 758. Uh, it does have a color temperature type system. It has a really excellent design. It comes in three different colors, uh, matte silver, emerald, and black. So for those of you that are tired of these cookie cutter black or white e-readers, uh, Pocketbook has you covered with different ones available. Um, you know, 24 di different uh, dictionary language uh, combinations. Uh, they also have an entry-level Pocketbook Touch Lux, uh, sorry, Pocketbook Basic Lux 2. Um, I heard that this doesn't even have a touch screen. It's uh, controlled by a D-pad and it has, um, you know, so it has two page turn buttons on the bottom of the device. It actually looks like a smartphone. Uh, it's going to be cheap as hell. It's 85 euros, but when it's for sale in North America, you could probably pick it up for like $65. So uh, obviously, uh, Kindle Basic um, uh, territory. Um, 
So Artitech is releasing a ton of new e-readers. They announced the Inkbook Explorer, a 7.8-inch e-reader, really good 300 PPI resolution, uh, really good resolution. Um, you know, it, it's pretty well on par with all the flagships these days, 1872 by 1404. Um, aside from that, it's going to be about 189 US. And, um, you know, 7.8 inch, inch displays for e-readers are kind of rare so if you're looking for sort of one that is running Android that will allow you to install your own apps you might want to take a look at the Inkbook Explorer uh, there's also the Inkbook Loomis it's cheaper it's not you know it's like 800 by 600 resolution 167 ppi it's not really that great but 88 dollars so it's basically the equivalent of uh, the pocketbook uh, basic Lux 2 except this version has um, a touch screen the one by uh, inkpad so um, there is another inkbook infinity e-reader coming out it's 10.3 inch it's a digital note-taking device so it's the first one that they've ever released uh, color temperature system um, you know, gig of RAM, eight gigs of storage. They're going to be doing uh, a Kickstarter campaign for it at some point uh, in the next month or so. I'm on the list for it. Uh, they'll let me know. Uh, so, in terms of the pocketbook e-readers, uh, the ink like the inkbook e-readers by Artitech, uh, they're all sending me um, uh, review units. So, probably within the next like week or two. Um, I'm going to be getting them, so two pocketbook e-readers, two inkpad e-readers, so that's like four e-readers, then when the Kobo comes out, that's five, uh, when the two Kindles come out, that's six, seven, new Kobo, eight, uh, the new Storytel e-reader I got, nine, so I mean, <laughs> there, there's like literally going to be 12 new e-readers that are coming out from now, like from September and October, they're going to be hitting the market slash announced slash, you know, uh, starting to become available. Uh, what are the other ones? Well, there's some fringy type ones that are coming out. Um, the E1 book second generation is coming out. I'm really, you know, we I did a review on the YouTube channel and on the blog like earlier this year, like May Mayish, Aprilish, and it's a dual screen manga reader, and um, it, it only read one manga edition, Fist of the North Star, but the second generation one will actually have an SD card. You can buy SD cards with full manga editions. I think they've worked out deals with like six or seven different publishers. So the first generation one only had one manga, one manga only. If you wanted to get a different manga, you had to buy a totally new unit at like 300 a pop. Not the value proposition just wasn't there. But the second generation one, super exciting. Dual screen opens and closes like a real book. It actually has real paper like on the design. You put it on your bookshelf, you wouldn't even know it's an e-reader. So really excited about this one. Um, it's a Japan exclusive. They're talking about. Uh, 
localizing all the manga for English right now. It's just in Japan, and it's, like, not even that well-known in Japan. But, you know, with me, I, I love tech. I like interesting tech. I like the Guido, as expensive as it is. It's, like, $1,500 dual-screen, 13.3-inch screens. It's basically a digital sheet music uh, reader. Uh, if you want to know about any of these, just uh, pop onto our site, goodyreader.com. If you're listening to this uh, radio show on TuneIn, Spotify, uh, Pandora, Google Audiobooks, um, Apple Podcasts, your HomePod, uh, all of this type of stuff. I mean, you can come to goodyreader.com and uh, learn more about that on the right-hand side of our um, screen. Uh, on the sidebar, there is these are all the new e-readers that are coming out in 2018 constantly updated with like new devices so you can kind of like learn all about that and um yeah so um how do you think kobo will be doing at walmart this is the big question because this is the this is the power play you know kobo has never really had good retail visibility in the u.s um borders before they went bankrupt early investor in kobo and uh, but they never really had good u.s visibility the closest they ever got to was uh forming a relationship with the american book selling association and having kobo e-readers very limitedly in indie bookstores indie bookstores basically had uh the option to carry uh kobo e-readers um they earned a you know they earned a fee every for every reader that was sold and then whenever people bought ebooks on that e-reader uh the bookstore would earn a small commission like you know seven percent of each book for like uh the first year the commissions were higher than like year two and three then the commissions got lower um the same sort of things happening with walmart um walmart released um a co-branded e-reading app for Android and iOS, but it's like hella buggy right now. Um, I was testing out the the Android app today, the Walmart eBooks app, which is on our app store at apps.goodyreader.com. If you're not aware, it's um, an app store that you can browse via the web and you can just like download files. There's no registration, no commenting system. It's just, it's apps. And if you have an e-ink Android device, we have an e-ink client that you can install. If you have an Android phone or tablet, there's a tablet version as well. So we're kind of on tons of different platforms uh, right now. Um, and so Walmart eBooks is available on our app store. It's just, it's automatically going to be kept up to date. Um, I found that it needs a lot of work. Uh, Walmart, for instance, uh, was saying every new account um, would get $10 in credit. I logged into account, got $5 in credit. Um, I was using a VPN and everything. So, I mean, I was like in the U.S. And so this is just what I saw. So an obvious bug. Um, I have a Kobo account already, and uh, I use my same sort of email address that I normally use uh, on Walmart. I tried logging into my Kobo with the Walmart uh, app, and it was like, this account is automatically, you know, this this account's used. You can't use this account. So I can't, like, link my Walmart account with my Kobo account with the same email address. I have to use a totally different email address. And for me, like, I've bought a lot of Kobo books and audio books. So I have to use the Kobo app. I can't use the Walmart app. So 
you know, chances are if you're using a Walmart eBooks app, you're not a Kobo user already. You know, if anything, uh, maybe this might be the first time you're buying audiobooks and eBooks. Uh, let's face it, you know, in the U.S., um, Amazon is king. Barnes and Noble and, and Apple, you know, second and third. Kobo has no presence and Kobo is hoping that with Walmart they'll be able to uh, build up uh, a US business so uh, like I said at the top of the show um, Kobo e-readers only in a thousand stores in the US 3,500 stores will be selling uh, the, the you know the gift cards for audiobooks and ebooks and they're actually selling bundles so you can get like a series like a four book series for ebooks at a fraction of the price if you buy the bundle. Uh, with audiobooks, they're not doing the bundling. But the one thing I found about the Kobo app, or sort of the Walmart eBooks app for Android and uh, iOS, is that there's no way to redeem uh, your gift cards that you actually buy from the stores in the apps. They don't have like a gift card redemption system. Uh, Walmart, I browse their site, they don't even have a redemption system for the gift cards online. Uh, they have a general one where you can check your balance, but there's no way that you can apply a new gift card to your account. So um, obviously it just launched basically like today slash yesterday. It's gonna need some work. Kobo's definitely needing uh, to do work on their app. I mean, the fact that their iOS app, you you know, the Walmart eBooks app for your iPad and iPhone, you can't even buy anything. So it's just like the regular Kobo app. Um, if anything, the, the Walmart eBooks app is just basically a skin version of the main Kobo app. And there's, you know, you notice it everywhere. Even if like you say, I want to make a new account on the app, you're not making a Walmart account, you're making a Kobo account. Uh, and Walmart's just like earning an affiliate fee. So I mean, uh, yeah, the, the the app experience, very lackluster. I'm very, very disappointed with it. Um, the best experience you're going to get is with the Kobo e-reader. Speaking of the Kobo e-reader, uh, the Aura One Second Edition is normally about $129, but Walmart is selling them for $99. So um, you're getting them at a pretty good price. Uh, I recommend if you were to say, oh, all right, you know, I walked in my Walmart, there's like four different Kobo e-readers, Michael, king of e-readers, what should I buy? Probably recommend the Clara HD. Uh, for its value, um, it is pretty good. You're spending just a little over about $100. Uh, resolution is good, like 300 PPI. Um, you know, all the cutting edge features. It's the newest e-reader that Kobo has released. So uh, you're not getting something that was made a few years ago. You're getting something that was made and released uh, in mid-2018. Kobo just released it like in like April or May. So I mean, it's only been on the market just like a few months. So I'd probably say re I recommend that because you're gonna get a lot of longevity out of it. Uh, but Kobo's always done a really good job about issuing firmware updates for all of their e-readers. Um, even ones that were made like six years ago, they're still pushing out firmware updates, introducing new features, new graphic user face enhancements, uh, bug fixes, um, you know, everything. So, I mean, Kobo is probably the only company out there that constantly updates their older devices. And in terms of uh, a company with the sheer amount of device footprint, like Amazon did, you know, every few years it releases maybe an e-reader. 
Barnes & Noble, every three or four years, it may release an e-reader. Kobo, like clockwork, two e-readers a year, sometimes three. So, I mean, they have a lot of devices in their portfolio, and the fact that they're constantly keeping them always updated, uh, fairly compelling, and, and I kind of really dig that. So, the last thing I want to talk about is a Storytel e-reader. Storytel is a company uh, that is from Sweden, from Stockholm. Uh, they've been in business since about 2005. They have about half a million subscribers and they're in about 12 different countries, primarily like the Nordic countries, uh, Europe, but they're also like in India, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, they're working out deals with like Mexico and Brazil. Uh, they might move to uh, the U.S. and Canada at some point in 2019. Uh, they have an unlimited service. They initially started with audiobooks, so this is like there have been an audiobook business first. Uh, in the last few years, they launched an ebook uh, business. So uh, you pay like basically the equivalent of like $9.99 a month. Uh, there's no throttling like Scribd. There's no limits. Um, they're in a lot of markets where they are the dominant subscription platform. You know, they 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 sell more than Amazon Kindle Unlimited, uh, than Scribd, than any of these like you know other companies. They're they're just killing it. Like in Denmark, Finland, Sweden, you know. It, all in Scandinavia, basically. So they released an e-reader. And the exciting thing about this is that, you know, it, it's fairly middling for specs. Uh, it's not even like 300 PPI, uh, but it does have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Um, it will listen to audiobooks. It will read ebooks, but it's only compatible with the Storytel ecosystem. So if you're a Storytel subscriber, and you buy this e-reader at like 99 sort of like euros, you'll be able to download and listen to anything that you want. Like you can download 10 e-books at a time and three audiobooks and just like listen to them. And it doesn't cost you anything other than just like your monthly subscription fee um, because you download more content. It's not like your build extra. It's a truly unlimited system. And I think that this is like the first company that's ever released an e-reader that is in, it's built to be um, like as like almost like an alternative to their apps. Uh, they're sort of like an app company. So they have the Storytel app for Android and for iOS. So this is the, like the perfect complement, I think, is an e-ink reader that's 100% compatible with their entire ecosystem. I don't know. I mean, there's something really exciting about that. Uh, they actually sent me their e-reader. Um, I have it here. I posted a picture on our Facebook page on just like the retail packaging. Um, Peter and I are probably going to film it either this week or next week. Uh, we're just waiting on a few new e-readers. Like we're we're waiting to see if Pocketbook's going to send us their two e-readers. Our tech said they're sending us uh, one of their three new e-readers. So we might wait to. Uh, get at least one more device before we film because our studio's like on like the total opposite end of the city than I am. Like I'm like right by Kitts Beach, which is like you know, Vancouver, right on like the Pacific Ocean and our studios basically like in Burnaby. So it's like one city away. It takes like if a cab there, it's like thirty five minute cab ride. And um if I drive which I haven't driven very much um, it's way shorter. Uh, speaking of such, like, um, I'm like 
deep 30s and I'm, I just got my learner's license like this year and I've been taking driving lessons with young drivers of Canada. So young drivers, obviously, like it's all over the place. Um, so I've had like about 13 driving lessons and I take my driving test in about two weeks or so. So I'll have sort of my full license, I can buy a car and get insurance. I could I could just be a motor carist. I could drive a motor car. So I'm thinking about doing that and I've been sort of doing research. I don't really know what is a good car. Uh, I don't really know very much about anything because I've always kind of been like a cat. You know, I've always like I've always liked to be chauffeured. I've always liked to be sort of in the back seat. Uh, of a rented car, have a driver or, you know, have my friends drive or, you know, sit in the back of a cab. Like I've always just dug being chauffeured around. I always found, thought that like driving would be super stressful. But after like I've driven so much, um, actually, I'm, I'm not finding it that stressful anymore. But, you know. I'm just in a, like a world of hurt because like a parent, like I've, I don't know anything about cars. Like I've never had one and never thought about buying one. So it's like, it's a whole new world. And a lot of people are like, man, when I was like 16, I got my license and I got a car and I was driving around. I've been driving around for like 30 years, you noob. And I'm like, well, you know, for me, this is kind of like exciting. Um, this year for me has been like a really good year of like work life balance, like writing better quality articles for like the site, um, taking time to smell the roses. Like literally I've been like, uh, planting a big garden in front of my house. Um, you know, flowers, like herbs, like it, the, you know, between last year and this year, it's like total different, like front yard and it looks really good. And, you know, getting my license and like, you know, um, just getting out in the world a little bit more instead of like always just like filming and working and, you know, doing things. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited about a car. I'm kind of thinking about like a four door kind of like small type of car, kind of like, not like exactly like the Austin minis, but there's like mini coupes, but there's like a 2017, 18 different style of mini coupes um, for a city like Vancouver, where it's like dense traffic. And my neighborhood is like, it's pretty well like small cars everywhere because it's just it's easier to park and it's all like free parking in my neighborhood. You just like need like sort of like a tag like that, you know, I live in this neighborhood, I park in this neighborhood you know, you pay like $50 a year. So, uh, for street parking, but the easiest cars to park are smaller cars. I don't want to get like one of those like two door, you know, uh, uh like a uh, car to go or any of those sort of like, uh, driving things where it's like, you can kind of pay a subscription fee and like rent a car whenever you want to. I don't want to get like a super small car that people will blow on the car and it'll like you know, like a piece of paper, just like fly away. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of like researching it and kind of figuring out what I want. Um, I'm kind of excited about the prospect of, um, Tesla was saying that they were going to make a $35,000, uh, car. They said that they've kind of reached the scale that they could pretty well do it. If they do that, I might kind of do it. At the very least, I kind of want to get like a hybrid type of car that um, I don't really have to plug in. 
uh, or if I do, it you don't really have to plug it in that often. The one kind of drawback about a Tesla is just like there's very few charging stations in Vancouver, like, and the ones that are around, there's Teslas just like lined up to like use it. Um, most people who have them have like big houses, you know, four car garages, you know, they just built a Tesla charging station themselves or just bought it. Um, so that's what's happening with me. You have been kept up to date what's happening with all the new e-readers coming out in the tail end of 2018. I've told you a little bit about what's going on with Walmart in terms of uh, Kobo's investment in the States. How do you think uh, that it'll play out? You know, um, do you think that Kobo will suddenly give Amazon and Audible a run for its money in the ebook and audiobook space, or at the very last least, uh, dent Barnes and Noble prospectively. You know, that's one thing that people haven't really been talking about. You know, with this much retail visibility and the lack of retail visibility for like the Nook, and you know, let's face it, you, you don't have to visit our website very much to know that the Nook is just in a perpetual state of decline. Uh, will Kobo be the final nail in the coffin? We'll wait and see. I want to hear from you guys. Drop a comment below. Let us know what you let me know what you think about this uh, edition of the Goody Reader Radio Show. And my name is Michael, and everybody take care.